welcome back. You are listening to And the Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce, with your hosts, Dion McDonald. Hello. Hi, Dee. And me, Jackie Trammell. (laughs) Dion. Hi. How you doing? (laughs) Okay, I'm just, I'm not going to lie. I am, well, I'm in a really good space. I'm getting ready to go on vacation tomorrow. And I have to tell you, it's been a long time in fact, I can't remember a time when I needed a vacation more. So I'm just super excited. I'm leaving the rainy gray skies of Seattle, which don't get me wrong, I love the rain, but I just need a break and I need some sunshine. So I'm heading out to Mexico and I am excited. And I'm hoping to maybe, you know, take some some of our cards down there and just oh, yeah. pass them out and be like, hey, ladies. Hey, chicas. So it's funny you should mention our cards. Oh, is I it? had, so you know, I was just in the beautiful, and I was pleasantly surprised by the city of Pittsburgh. So to I literally all, told you that, by the way. I had no idea it was so pretty. No, I told you. It was so, it's it's not too different from here. It's hilly mm-hmm. and green with lots of fall colors yes. and with the, there's three rivers. So there's like water everywhere. Yes. People were super nice. Um, So yeah. I had a funny story. We <laughs> almost ended a marriage <gasps> with our business cards. Oh my gosh. Wait, who so, did you give I, the business cards and to? And I wish, what, what is I happening wish right now? that this person, his name is Phil. Hi, Phil. Phil I, from Pittsburgh. I almost well, said he's Phil not from, from Pittsburgh. I almost said Phil from Philadelphia. That would have been really cute. It's not, though. Philly, Philly. Philly. <laughs> no, um, he's, he's actually lives in Florida by way of England. So it would be really what? awesome to have him here to tell the story because he has a great British How accent. How do you know Phil from Florida? Through work. Okay. Through work. Okay. So he was at the same convention where I was. And we know each other because we work together on some projects. Okay. So. Anywho. A, a couple months ago, at one of my work <laughs> trips to visit um, our client friends in the LA area, mm-hmm. he was there and we were talking, some of the rest of us were talking about our podcast Mm -hmm. and we had just gotten the cards. And so he wanted to know more about the podcast. So I said, well, here's the card. (laughs) Well, it, it, to put some context around this, we had been drinking a lot. Shocking. And he wasn't really paying that much attention. He was like in the back of the car playing with his phone and he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I gave him the card. Evidently he put it in his wallet and then flash forward (laughs) to a couple months later and his wife is looking for something in his wallet and finds this card for our podcast that says dating Dating after after divorce. divorce. Oh my goodness. And so poor sweet Sarah. Oh, Phil, Sarah. I'm so sorry. Sarah, finds the card and she comes up to him understandably confused and agitated wondering why he's already dating or listening to podcasts about dating when he hasn't even divorced her and she didn't even know there was a problem and he can't remember shut up where he got the card or why he had it she's like what is this and he's like and I can't do a good British accent. He's like, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. And there's two super cute girls on the card. And, and she's, she's like, like, what? She's like, really? You haven't even divorced me? And you're already thinking about dating? And he's like, I promise you, <laughs> I don't know where this came from. And he said he was just getting so upset. And she was so angry. I mean, how did he finally put this together? So then she goes, what? and who the fuck is Jackie Trammell? And he goes, 
oh and then it all came flooding back to him and he's able to tell her that's when I was in the car with him and she's this gal oh, I work with no. and she's doing this podcast okay to be fair he said your name because he couldn't have pronounced mine he's like she's she's like who's this d- d- I, d- Jackie Trammell <laughs> oh my gosh that's so awesome. it was just I mean, straight up bollocks awesome to use his word wow his word wow it's for you that was for you Phil this is like a sitcom wait does he even listen to this oh probably he better probably go he better listen nowhere to this. near okay. it but I I said, I said, tell Sarah to listen to it because she was telling me this at dinner the other night. And I said, please tell Sarah that she's going to get a little shout out mm. on the podcast. We're sorry. <laughs> but I thought about that would be a fun guerrilla marketing thing to just slip our cards into like men's coat pockets. <laughs> well, so, well, I have been saying we should do guerrilla marketing, but I was thinking more of like female kind of establishments, like not female, but like go to coffee shops and put them on the bulletin boards or like throw them out on coffee tables in hair salons and like that kind of stuff. But I kind of like your way better or at the same time, we can do that too. Sure. Why not? My hope is that Sarah will listen because she will know without a question (laughs) that I do not date married men on purpose intentionally. I was going to say that's not sometimes I've done it accidentally, but if I know someone is married, no, thank you. (laughs) At least after the second or third day. (laughs) I also have a fun little snippet that I learned today. Uh huh. We have a 55th country. No! Yes, we do. Oh, are you going to quiz me? Are you gonna I am me because guess? here's Damn what it. I want to do. I'm going to quiz you and then um, I want to see, I want to be able to post it on our okay. social media, the same questions and see, tell them how you did with it. Oh, great. Okay, here we go. So what do you I have? have to find my um, <laughs> little interesting facts. Okay. That I pulled up. So I'm going to give you a couple of things. First of all. Yes. It is the country where Tetris came from. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. So they're smart. They're techie. Um, They like to move boxes around. Um, Okay. I'm, I'm like. No, see, I want to say Switzerland or nope. Germany. I know we've had that. We already have those. Okay, so okay, go on. They go on. are host of the world's longest <laughs> railway. Oh, and we haven't. Okay, man, this is so tricky. Someone out there is shouting the answer right now. I bet a few They're people sh- are like shouting. It's right when you said Tetris. We've got all of our techies like, oh my god, day. Um, and I have one more clue that should give it away if, if oh, you need don't it. don't say that because then if I don't get it, um, longest railway, it's, is it like, like the Russia? Siberia? Yes. It's my a- third question or my third comment was the coldest inhabited town on earth is in this country. Wait, Russia? The Russian the Fed, Ru- Russia, the- Federation of Ru- Russian Federation. I, I is that what it is? Russia? Yeah. But I thought we've had them. We've had former, you know how so- Soviet they- republics. Is- but we've never had Russia, Russia, like what used to be the USSR, it's the Russian the Federation. Union. No yes. way! So, oh my goodness, welcome, friends. So Comrades? I learned how to say welcome. Comrades, I have to listen say? to it one more okay. time in Russian. Dobro pajalovit. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> do you want to try that? No. Okay. I don't. Well, I'm let you. Dobro pajalovit, <laughs> Russia. We're happy you're here. <laughs> I can't believe I got that because typically I say something that I'm sure is it. I don't know. Okay. So I was thinking longest railway, largest country, right? So it's yeah. got to be, but it didn't have to be because I thought we already had them, but yay, we did not. And now we do. And it's called yeah. the Trans-Siberian Railway, which right. is, I think, what the orchestra was named after. <laughs> it- 
if you had said Trans-Siberian Railway, I would have said 100%. It's right, because Siberia is kind of a giveaway. But then it will, would have been confusing. It would have been confusing to me because I thought that they were already listening to us. Well, that's exciting. My father... Well, so like Ukraine is already listening. Yes. No, I know. I was just thinking the massive land mass that is the... the what is former it? former USSR. Yeah. I always think of Soviet Union... Is, what is it? Russian Federation? Russian, Russian Federation. Okay, Russian Federation. My father went there. He he did some work over there. He's spent lots of time there. He loved it. I've not been, but I've heard it's a beautiful country. In his words, beautiful country with wonderful people. So that makes me happy. In what I read, it sounds like it's really, there's some really beautiful opulent areas mm-hmm. and um, a lot of well, forests. It's, it's basically mm-hmm. one large forest. Lovely. And it can be very cold, but they actually have a subtropic climate as well so they have there's palm trees i learned in russia what i know i learned all I, these things I would about not, russia that is so cool see this podcast is making us more worldly wise and more we well-read. are just <laughs> fucking educated <laughs> okay so welcome so, guys welcome welcome to all of our beat heads um as you can see as you can hear it's Jackie and me tonight doing our thing, having a convo. Um, we were wanting to talk tonight about. <laughs> so, yeah. How, we, what do we want to talk about, Dee? <laughs> I forget. I, I did too for like half a second. No, here's what we're talking about tonight. We're thinking about breakups. We're thinking about when you've been dating someone, whether it's for a few weeks, whether it's for a few months, whether it's for a few years, or whether for a lot of us, it's a marriage. Um, but after you break that relationship off, how do you move on from there? How long do you wait till you start getting back out there again? Because I think a lot of us, I would say all of us out there have been through at least one breakup, whether it's a re- just a dating relationship or a marriage. And there's always those questions like, how do you get back out there? And how long do you wait before you get back out there? Or do you get back out there? So some of the questions, I, I just think about that sometimes. Like I think about my own situations. I think about my own relationships and kind of how I moved on from them, how I maybe didn't move on very well from them. Um, so let's talk about that because I've gotten stuck a couple of times in in breakups. Breakups that happened maybe more suddenly because I think like mm. my marriage, that had kind of a slow decline. So by right. the time we actually called it, <laughs> I was already kind of ready to move on because right. I had already grieved the relationship. I had done all of that and processed it, and I was just done and over with. Right. But there have been a couple of times in the decades since then that I have been dating someone I cared very much about, and that relationship ended somewhat abruptly Okay, and not maybe by me. Mm-hmm. And oh. so those ones I feel like are harder to move on from because it was something that was sort of thrust upon me and not the other way around, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I think that that, in my mind, there are so many factors involved, right? And I think you hit upon a really, really important one, which is, A, how long was the relationship altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think almost more importantly than how long or how serious the relationship was, I would say, how did it end? Because I think most of us 
who have been married or in really long-term relationships, I shouldn't say most of us, I have no idea what our beadhead's experience is, but I personally have known a lot of people who have been in really long-term relationships, usually marriages, Mm -hmm. where there was a gradual decline. So maybe at first you start off and you're just happy and in love and like in la-la land, and then you just go through all the, you know, the, I guess... You have children and you're going along and then you kind of just gradually fall out of love is what I would say. Or drift apart, drift apart. or whatever. Right. Whatever. I and guess, so by cliche. So by the like you said, I think the key is like by the time for you and I think for many, many people that I know, by the time you actually get to that point of leaving the marriage, you've kind of done a lot of the grief or grieving work around it. For sure. I know that I did. I spent two years in right. my marriage. Right. Trying to talk myself into wanting to be in the marriage and then finally just saying, I'm done. This marriage isn't working. Right. And so it wasn't. The only times I've ever had moments of, should I have ended that relationship, are more around the challenges that come from parenting kids when you've gotten divorced. Right. Right. So the times that I think, gosh, maybe I shouldn't have done that is more about my kids than me. It's 100% about my kids because if it were just me, I would have peaced out a long time <laughs> ago. So, Have you had those feelings recently though? Probably not. Where you've been like, huh, should I have stayed? You know, it, oh. it pops up every once in a while. And, you know, this is not a man bashing, ex bashing no, um, episode. We don't do that. But the divorce has created challenges Mm -hmm. just sort of by the nature of it Mm -hmm. for my kids. And it has impacted at least one of my kids relationships with their father. Mm -hmm. And I think about if I had stayed in that marriage, some of that damage that was done Mm -hmm. to that child Mm -hmm. would not have happened, would have been prevented. And so there's a part of me that has some mom guilt around that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then every time I start feeling that way, I get a reminder of why I did the thing I did. And, <laughs> um, and it's all good, but it's, yeah. th- those feelings do crop up from time to time. Okay. And, and to this day, they still happen. And I would just say, and I'm not to minimize your feelings, but I would just say that whatever damage has been done to your child, that may not have occurred had you stayed together. However, I think that there would have probably been other damage that would have occurred. That's just my take on it. I mean, and you it's the you path can't, not taken. Yeah, you'll you, never know. You'll never right? know. Um, so, and I don't think that you have regrets about leaving. I think sometimes, of course, it's natural for you to second guess and be like, huh, would it have been better for them? I regret the fallout and the ramifications sure. on the kids. Yeah. But, but that I mean, I can't control that. No. And they're, well, they're not adults. One of them is an adult. Right. (laughs) Right. But so, so that's, that's the only time like with my marriage Mm -hmm. that I have any sense of regret. And, and honestly, so Mm. I have this, these, this sort of recurring dream. Oh, really? That happens really frequently. Like, huh? Like a few times a year, I'll have this dream where in some form or another, his, so he's remarried, right? So, His marriage is either on the rocks or has ended, and somehow 
he and I have decided we have to be back together for the kids. Oh, geez. And it's all the same. Like, and, and I'm in this situation <laughs> where I'm like married to someone I don't want to be married to or, or connected right. to someone I don't want to be with. Right. right. Feeling obligated Ugh. to be with him. And then there's some obligation, other obligations that come along mm-hmm. with that. And, and I just wake up from that dream and it happens in all these different sort of settings and whatever. But every time it happens, I wake up kind of creeped out and just super unsettled. Like, and then thrilled when you realize it was just a dream. Completely, <laughs> completely. And, and it's just because Ugh. it's, it's, you know, that marriage ended for a reason. We had right. a marriage for a reason. We were together for a reason. Right. I don't mean to, um, this isn't I'm about not him. trying to badmouth him You're at not. all. You're not. But but the issues that we had in our marriage existed for a reason. Right. And even in my dreams there's still even when I I think it's my subconscious trying to process that sense of guilt that I have about mm. my kids and that okay so he's no longer married right. so we're going to do this again for the kids mm. and then realizing how just utterly <laughs> unhappy that makes me. Right. And, right. and so And then realizing it was and then I wake up right and I decision. go, wee, like, mimosas, <laughs> celebrate. So then, okay, so then going back to that, um, how long were you married? 16 years. 16 years. And you said the last two years, mm-hmm. you kind of were like, all right. Like, I, I'm guessing that at first when you started noticing drifting apart, um, you tried. You tried to work things out. You tried mm-hmm. to do things that would bring you closer together, that would give you back that spark that you had. Mm. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, did you feel like he was trying as well? Did you feel like... So this is, I mean, I don't want to hyperanalyze my, my marriage because that's a whole long no. topic. Um, I feel like he tried really hard to hear the things okay. that were bothering me. Sure. And he would try for short periods of time yes. to make the adjustments that I was asking for. But at the end of the day, he just mm. defaulted to who he is. Who he really is, right. And when we got married, we got married so very young. You changed. I changed. He really didn't. Okay. And so, you know, I there I hold some responsibility for that because he was the same person he was when we got married. But I was the changed. one who changed. That's I mean, and you were in your twenties. That's what happens when you're I in was your twenties. Twenty three. In in your twenties, you are figuring out who you are. Right. So you can't fault yourself for that. Right. And so I didn't ever want to get divorced. And then about two years before I did there was this little voice in the back of my head and I tried really hard to ignore it for a long time. And then I just couldn't anymore. But, but in that period of time, Mm. you know, we had a lot of conversations about this is what's making me unhappy. This is what I need to have change to feel fulfilled. And he did try, but at the end of the day, he Mm. is who he is and he is who he has always been. Right. Um, and I needed something different. I, I totally, completely resonate with that. I had a very similar experience with my first marriage. I felt like it was a little bit different in that I feel like he did a lot of changing, not for better or for worse, just changing mm-hmm. mainly for sure, kind of what he wanted in life. And I re- oh, this is we talked about this. He kind of started wanting kids. Yeah, he wanted a lot of things that weren't me, <laughs> essentially. Um, and, I, and I always felt like he was trying to mold me and change me to be the person that he really wanted, where I was like, I'm really happy with How myself. old were you when you got married? Uh, same as you. I was Well, he was 
He was tw- when we met. I was twenty three. When we got married, I was twenty five. Okay, but he was twenty three. He was younger. So um, we met when I was twenty one. Okay, we got married at twenty three. But bottom line, I was miserable in a lot of our marriage, and I remember having conversations with him where I'm like, I feel like we're roommates. I see you. We pass each other. We brush our teeth next to each other, but we have no emotional connection. We have no. We have nothing in common anymore. Um. He did different things on the weekends without me. I worked on the weekends. I mean, we just we just were like I hate that phrase, but like the proverbial ships passing the night. That's what we were. And that's not what I wanted. I was lonely. I was miserable. For years I was miserable. And mm. I remember like having this epiphany that I won't even tell now, but one day I will tell this story because it was kind of a cool story. But it was this epiphany where I was like, damn, I'm not even 30 years old and I am so lonely and I am so miserable. And life is so much more than this. And mm-hmm. I deserve more. And and it, and it was funny because I would say he deserved more, except I feel like I was always trying to be more. I was always trying to be the well, person you were trying he wanted to me to be. Him. Yes. Okay. And he was not happy with who I was. And yet when I made the decision to, to leave, um, and like you, I had been grieving for a long time. It had been a couple of years of me trying and trying and trying. And I felt like trying to connect and trying to go to therapy and trying to do all these things. And he just, we went to therapy three times. And we came home and he said, okay, I'm not going back. And I was like, what? I feel like we're getting somewhere. And he literally said, this isn't about me. This is about you. Oh, no. Now, mind you. I had grown up in a family where I felt like I was too much. Mm-hmm. And he was always reinforcing that. You're too much. You want too much. You're too emotional. You're too this. And so I was like, okay, you're right. You're right. It is me. So I just kept going to therapy. <laughs> and two years later, I feel like that backfired. How funny. Two years. It was It was about that long. It How really, funny. I know. And but so, it, I guess it takes that long. I, to, to really, and I think you and I are similar in that we wanted our marriages to work. Uh-huh. I didn't want to walk out. I didn't have children, but I never envisioned myself as someone who was going to be divorced. I just, I thought marriage was for life. That was it forever. Amen. For sure. Right? So we both tried super hard. You and you and me. I'm not talking about our, our you ex. And, you and your ex, yeah. No, I'm saying like you and I both tried really hard. And then one day I was, I, I just had this epiphany. I was like, fuck this. I deserve more. I deserve better than this. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be with someone who actually loves me, wants me. Um, And then it took me, like that was a scary epiphany because it took me about nine months to actually extricate myself from it. And when I did, I was done, you know, and I, and I say this about, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to make a generalization here. Most women I know who have been through breakups, we, this is how I say it. The window is open, the window is open, the window is open, and then the window closes. And when the window closes, it's not opening again. Well, and I use a door analogy for the same... But the it's the same, same thing. The same sentiment, but the idea is... And we I've actually heard, we I've actually heard this from someone more expert than me, and I can't remember who it was. It was a long time ago, but the it is a generalization. It, it is broadly true, but not... A, Completely not, completely not always no. true, right? But basically the the idea is that when a woman is in, she's in. And when that door closes yeah. or that window, whatever yeah. closing whatever. thing you want to use, when that closes for a woman, 
nine times out of 10, it's closed We're and done. that's it. We're done. But men can close that door or that window and then later on change their mind and reopen it. But women don't do that. Well, that's funny. I did not know that that was a... I, I mean, I've always used that and that's when I started using it back for that relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a known thing. But I know that I have had relationships where... <laughs> well, in my current one. Um, but other ones too where the person would break up with me, the guy would break up with me, and then they come back and they come back and they come back. I've never done that. I've never done that. Like I've never been the one to be like, I'm done. That's interesting. And so then come back. I think you're right. I've never. <laughs> no. I have never broken up with no. another person and then thought, well, maybe. Right. The only well maybes have been when that person broke up with me. Right. And then they yes. express some regret, regret or interest or mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, I've never. Isn't that? I, that, ooh. I know. I never thought about that. I hadn't either until right now. That's interesting. But yeah, I'm curious like what you guys think about that out there. Like are we right? Are we wrong? Like do you guys have different experiences? I mean women, I want to hear like have you had relationships where you've done the breaking up and then you change your mind? Because I, I have not had that happen. So in my first marriage, yeah. So same with you, right? So when I was done I was so done at that point that then I was able to move on, I would say, fairly quickly. My friends and family would have said fairly quickly. Well, so let's, okay, so let's let's talk about that. Mm, okay. Because I think people might interpret the idea of moving on differently. Oh, that's, see, I like it. You're so clarifying terms. So for some people, moving on might just be going back into the dating pool and, and starting to date other people. Just being For open to it. someone else, it might be, I'm not moving on unless I'm in a relationship with someone else. Okay. So I guess for hmm. you, Dion, what does moving on, or I'm doing air quotes for she the is, people who is. can't see, but what does moving on actually mean? That is a great question. It is different now than I think it was in my past. Um, in that situation, I was not even 30 yet. I was... I. I think I was very young. I still had different, I had different ideas then than I do now. Um, I think back then I was married. I thought it was for life and it wasn't. And then I had met someone who I was just friends with when I was married the first time. And there was an attraction, but I didn't let it go anywhere. It was just, I'm like, oh, we were just friends and we truly were just friends. But then of course, when I split up with my husband, he and I just, started hanging out, and then started dating really quickly. So I would say for me at that time, moving on meant I was already in another relationship. Now, many, many people questioned the wisdom of that. And I look back sometimes, I'm like, eh. I mean, ideally, that wasn't the best idea. I literally went from one relationship, to one long-term relationship into another long-term relationship. So is moving on an act of the head, the heart, or the (laughs) vagina? Well... Right? Because, or the gut. It wasn't the gut. <laughs> right, because your gut is just doesn't like, know what it's yeah. doing, right? But but is moving on a decision that you make to just be open? Is it a I have found myself having feelings or attraction or at least or something for another person? Well, I mean Okay. And again, I'm gonna tell you this. Back then it was different than it is now. Mm-hmm. Now it much more involves the head. <laughs> ironically back then I just I didn't like my head wasn't in the game at all like my head was just never a part of anything I ever did to be honest I mean okay. I was much more of a heart-centered person and I still am more of that but 
Also, my head definitely comes more into play now. So you follow your heart, but you bring your head along for the ride, Back right? Back then, it was all heart. All heart and vagina. All heart and vagina. All heart and vagina. <laughs> you were just in like this perpetual background. <laughs> way behind everybody else. <laughs> Pretty much. No, with that thing, it was like this person, we were friends, and then all of a sudden, I was like, no, 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 we're more than friends. And I think my head might have intervened a little bit more now and said, eh, you don't really need to get into a serious relationship quite yet. You can just chill for a while. And I thought I did that, but it was like a week. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's, that's another story of another time. Um, I mean, that one lasted a long time. Don't get me wrong. That was my second marriage. But now... Wait, you met... Oh, yeah. Your second oh, yeah. husband a week after your first no, marriage No, I met him when I was married the first time. Oh, this is all scandal now. I mean, I can talk about this now. Back in the day, I did not want to talk about this because I felt really scandalous. I met my second husband when I was married. Now, I was in an extremely unhappily married state. So no, no justification. And nothing happened right. with this guy. We, <laughs> we had a great meet-cute story if... I wasn't married. Um, we actually met on a flight. I was on a plane. Oh, I he love was, those. Well, yeah. I mean, not when I not when someone's married, yeah. but like, I mean, and and to be fair, I mean, and, and there are a lot of details that made it almost hard to say that it wasn't meant to be because there were so many details that went into it that mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine that we we weren't meant to at least meet. Right. Um, a just reason, a season, or a life. The circumstances the coincidences, the fact that we lived a mile away from each other in the same town and never met. And we ended up on a flight from Florida to California. We were both visiting our moms who lived there. I mean, it was like crazy things that you couldn't make that up. It's like a rom-com. So when we met though, I was fully married. I'm picturing the actual John Cusack (laughs) in this rom-com, by the way. Oh, and who's the girl? Reese Witherspoon? No, this different eras. Very different generations. Yeah, sorry. Let me, let me, I'll get back to you on okay. that. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So again, so many details that I won't go into, but we did meet on a plane sitting right next to each other. Ooh, Kate Beckinsale. You look Ooh. a lot like her. Although that is already Thank a rom-com that they did that. Oh, yeah, they serendipity. did serendipity. <laughs> oh my God. But you kind of look like Kate Beckinsale. Oh, and then we just that. had John Cusack's like oh, doppelganger. We did. So anyway. <laughs> yes. So that happened. We were... We instantly hit it off. It was like we had known each other forever. It's one of those situations. Mm-hmm. And it was hard because I remember thinking, oh, he's cute. But kind of like you, you know how you say you put that wall up? Yes. When you know someone's, well, <laughs> when you know someone's married. Like yourself, for example. You <laughs> but I put the wall up. And he said at the time that I mentioned, quote, my husband many, many times. And I really did. And I was playing with my ring because he was attractive. And I was like, I don't want to give this guy any misinformation here you don't want to you don't want to lead him on no right yeah but he was so funny and nice and we just hit it off so it was weird because I remember this is how innocent it was I remember calling my husband from the shuttle and literally these were my words hi I met this guy on the plane and he lives by us so can you pick him up and we can take him home like oh my god what yeah I was stupid and then you married that guy later I was 29 um so, dear listeners. <laughs> okay, but you do meet people for reasons. I do believe that yeah. that's true. So we just became friends, not like super close friends. Just like I would invite him to parties. He was going through a divorce. He was, I was number two, by the way. Like when we met and married, we were not, like, I was number two. He was number two. But he was going through a divorce at the time. So I just felt like, oh, 
he should meet our friends. And I tried to set him up with other friends of mine. It was very, very innocent. And then <laughs> when my marriage broke up, it wasn't anymore. So I didn't wait. I and didn't. It, was, it was not a long window. No. But again, no. I think if you go back to what we were talking about earlier, mm. with a long marriage and a long relationship that has a slow decline, yes. by the time you actually have kind of cut that cord, mm-hmm. in my opinion, or at least in my experience, mm-hmm. you're emotionally in a better place <laughs> to move into the next thing yeah. than you are if it's a more sudden and unexpected breakup. Well, right. And so that's that's where I'm going with this. So that, I guess that's where I am where I, when I say it was different then and now being where I am, like the breakups I've had and then when I choose to go out and date again, it's much more of a, a, a lo- not, it's not logical, but it's more of the, the mind, the head is definitely more involved in that Strategic? I say. Strategic? Well, that sounds I calculated. <laughs> I don't know. But it's different. It's it's and maybe it's just where I am in my life or the age I am. I don't know. It's different. Do you think you're more jaded? <laughs> God, I've been accused of that many times. Um, well, I wonder if that's realistic. If, if if you're a person who normally leads from the heart, and now your brain is at least co-piloting. <laughs> I think some people respond to that as saying, "Well, you're cynical," or that cynicism. Uh-huh. Because your head's more involved. What I would say is I'm more realistic. Okay. I'm more realistic at this stage in my life. Like, and in fact, I think I was a little bit more realistic after my first marriage um, because I kind of went into that with like, oh my goodness, this is forever and like fairy tale and blah. And then I got out of it and I was like, I don't need to do that again. And then I did. And then you did it again. For different reasons though. I did it for practical reasons. He had really good health insurance and he had life insurance and a dental plan and like all the good things. I was self-employed. It really worked. And I told him straight up, you have good health insurance. So yes, I will marry you. I really didn't need that. I didn't, you know, I didn't need to have kids with him. I didn't need to like, you know, it was more, we literally started looking at like end of life stuff. Like, well, if we're not married and you're like, someone hasn't choose who to, you know, who's to pull, pull the, plug the plug or not. Yeah. I'm not even joking. We had that conversation. So, which the, is a smart conversation to have. Or, like, we're, we want to buy a house together. It's going to be so much easier if we're married, which is weird, but it's true it's, from it, my experience. It may, I don't know. Like, I think it's just easier. Maybe, maybe more, more so then. I'm thinking maybe. lately. Okay. That may, but, but at the time and but you know in what the I mean? moment, like, and it, I don't it's know. It's just more practical concerns. What do I know? Like, um, <laughs> me either. But honestly, it was more practical concerns. So I did start to use my head, but I'm just saying at first when I jumped head first into that, eh, it was not about my head at all. Eh, so, it was not. <laughs> okay. So long-term marriages and long-term relationships and sort of that slow death yeah. <laughs> aside, right. what do you do when you have genuine feelings for a person mm-hmm. and that relationship ends maybe a little more abruptly or a little more suddenly and you haven't pre-grieved it? You haven't processed that and you're, and you're still in it. Emotionally right? still in it. So, Well, you tell me, Jackie, because I know you've had that happen. I've had it happen a couple of times now and... It's interesting because in one of them, I knew instantly. I mean, I was just utterly heartbroken. and So he broke up with you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And he... Did he break your heart? Yes. Okay. And it was so sudden and unexpected and 
just awful that I, I had never experienced anything like that. No. And I tried for a, like I, I dated someone for a little while afterwards, but someone I knew I dated because I knew he would be safe. I knew he would never yes. break my heart. Right. And shame on me. That wasn't very kind to him because mm. I just, you, you ever get that feeling where you're more emotionally invested than the partner. And so then when that ends, you're like, I'm never going to feel that way. So then you find someone who wants you more than you want them. And you feel like maybe you're, you have the upper hand. Which I remember when we talked in the last episode about the the person who gave toxic advice. Yes. This was what it was around. And I was like, God, that's so shitty. And yet I did it. I regret it. Not not I don't regret the the person that I dated right. or anything. I but get that. You regret hurting him. I do regret hurting him and, and I knew it was I think at some level I knew that that would happen because I knew that our level of commitment to each other was different. But I was so afraid of being hurt again that I just didn't want to put myself out there. And then, I mean, for years, years after the relationship that broke my heart, Mm. I had a heart, like I would still get emotional in certain moments and certain times. And I was still just really, really sad about it. And there came a point a few years ago, Mm. three or four years ago, where I finally just he he's passed on he's not it was a situation where i never got closure and then he passed away Ugh. and so then i could never get closure Ugh. and so finally one night i just had it out with him sort of yelling at the at the sky and 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 ultimately came to forgive him he was a really really good person and he never meant to of course not. i don't think hurt me at he the level probably, that he did. Sounds like he was a little confused about what he He wanted. had his own he had his own baggage and heartbreak mm. and things that he was dealing with. And anyway, but that was the hardest thing for me to move on from and pardon my bad grammar there cuz I totally just ended that sentence with a preposition. <laughs> but but that was the hardest moving on. I mean, it literally took years to get to a point where I could move on from that. And more recently, I dated someone that I care very much about. We're still friends. And that's a that has its own challenges with moving on, right? Because we're still in contact. We still hang out. The lines get blurred a little from time to time. Yes. And so that's a different type of it's difficult to move on. Um, but less, we didn't, I, I don't know, less hurting I guess like heart-wrenching or like yeah I I don't think when we broke up I don't think that I would say I was completely heartbroken I was disappointed and sad but I think I always had a sense that we were in different places and I think he wasn't he wasn't ready for what you were ready ready for for me he was (laughs) he may never be ready for you girl but that's okay no um no and I think I actually did read an article and I've never heard of this website but it's (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to pronounce this wrong. It's Bonobology, B-O-N-O-B-O-L-O-G-Y. Bonobology. I know. I was like, how do you pronounce well, it? what do they have to say at Bonobology? But so Bonobology, Team Bonobology. Bonobology. I know. I'm like, is it Bone? Is I'd it Bon? I bon. <laughs> I feel like that's just slightly less so, so, graphic. Well, and it was just, I mean, something struck me about what you said. Um, basically, like getting over someone, how 
how much more difficult is it to get over someone when you're still friends with them? And it was just talking about that, not about when do you date, but like if you're really trying to get over someone, is it a good idea to stay friends with them? Um, and they were saying, I think, this is kind of a weird stat, but they said that, this is just about social media. They said 58% of people say that they're friends with an ex on social media. And they were saying, like, that's probably not the best idea. If you're it's super to get not over healthy. It's really not healthy. Because I don't know about you. Yes, I do know about you. But I've stalked my exes. Come on. I've stalked oh, yeah. exes. I'm not even friends with on social media. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that guy's doing. Like, I yeah, we did when we were 16. <laughs> meltdown recently over the same topic. Yes. Well, and so what's funny is, and I quoted this article in a previous episode that we did, but I just, it popped up again today when I was looking and. It's by Psychology Today, which mm. I do know how to pronounce. Mm, thank um, you. But the number one how to move on advice is cut off contact. Now, with the first guy that we talked about, that was no problem. I knew, I oh, knew I, like- I couldn't, I couldn't be. We we worked for the same company, but not in the same department. Mm. We didn't see each other very often, unless when we were dating, we made plans to see each other. But, but with him contact was cut off immediately and that was you know fast band-aid it was a little bit a little bit harder in the moment but but it wasn't like a lingering yes pain (laughs) well yeah but you know but then you look at the other situation and I wouldn't say lingering pain is right I'm glad that we're still friends but it's he's it's kept him in your life uh-huh. And because he's, and I'm just saying this because I've seen this, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. You know I love him. But it's kept him in your life enough that I think it's kind of stopped you from really trying to move on in a real mm-hmm. way. Because, oh, for sure. Because there's still this little specter of him, and there's a way that you kind of subtly or overtly sometimes, compare other people to him. And like, oh, well, he's so funny. This person's not that funny. And you remember things about him, and you still hang out with him, which isn't a bad thing. No, it's not a bad it's thing. It's a great thing. And it's just, are you really going to get over him in that way? I mean, are, maybe you're going on dates with other people, but are you really going on dates with other people? Or are you just like going on... Like, <laughs> I know this is uh, this is hmm. these are all the tricky questions. Food for thought. So, um, and do you even want to go on dates with other people? And I'm saying this because, as you know, last year my person and I broke up like three times, and every time, every single time, I would dutifully jump back into the dating world, and he would not because that's just not how he rolls. He would go on fishing trips. <laughs> He would go plenty in, of fish in the sea. Into the, but, and for him, but, he means actual like <laughs> like salmon, bass. Yeah, right. So he would go off and do his own little guy thing, and I would jump back in the dating world, and I would go out with all kinds of people, and I would have a great time. And yet, he was still in my life. He was still checking in. He was still like coming by to see if I needed anything from Costco or, oh, can I put together that bookshelf for you? Or, you know, being there for me and being helpful for me. (laughs) And that was super nice, but it did not allow me a true opportunity to get over him. Now, and look where you are now. Well, we're back together. (laughs) And yes, but I still wonder sometimes 
was I really giving myself an opportunity to really get over him? I was dating people. I was jumping back in and it was with my mind. My mind was saying, okay, you need to get back out there. Clearly you and he are having these issues. You continue having these issues. You need to get back out there and find yourself someone who's better suited for you. And then I kept coming back to him. I don't know what that's saying. I'm not saying that's, again, I'm not judging it. I'm just well, saying. Well, you don't know because you don't know no. where it goes from here. You're just no. in it right now in the moment. Right. And and it's, it's interesting because I read a thing recently, and I can't remember where it was. This is so specific. So specific. <laughs> I read a thing recently. Mm. But it basically said that a lot of times when couples break up, yes, they may do like a little... Rebound's not the right word because that's when you go to somebody else, but they may reconnect at some point. Oh, with each other. And then it sort of reinforces the initial breakup. Right. But like, y- this is why. But you guys are in a different, that's a different level because mm-hmm. there's something about your relationship where you guys just keep kind of coming back to each other. So. Well, and I think that's what happened. Like, after the third time we came back together, we just both said, okay, look, <laughs> now we're choosing to be together. It's not because it's easy, because Lord knows. Um, It's not because we think we have to be together. And for me, it was not because there there aren't other people that I could be with. Because I'm not saying he can't be, but he just hasn't tried. But I have. It's because we're actually choosing this. We're like, yeah, this is really hard sometimes. We're so different. But my goodness, like something keeps bringing us back. So let's choose this. Let's not make it our default. Let's choose it. Um, and let's make it the best we can and let's work on those issues that were our issue, our problems before. And so, yeah, it's, well, it's and been, you guys are doing those things and, we are. and as you know, team double D, I know. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the point is, I feel like if you are truly trying to take a break from someone, truly trying to break up, you got to cut them out. And that's what psychology today said, at least yeah. for a little while. And I feel like. I have done that in the one case completely and in the other case at least somewhat, especially in the beginning. And Bonobology.com <laughs> says that you have to, you really, if you really want to get over this person, you need to try a breakup detox. That's what they call it. Um, and they're Does talking, that involve wine? Because I'd be down for that. I mean, it always involves wine. Don't you think? I think any detox involves wine. I mean, alcohol Wait, is a cleanser. <laughs> alcohol is a cleanser. It's an internal cleanser. Um, says stay away from any memories. Well, that's hard to do. That's Especially the social media thing, right? Stay away from any places that you associate with your ex. Oh my gosh. Stop stalking them on social media. It says that. And unfriend them if you want to move on. Like if you truly do. Um, and then it's talking about, you know, after doing this for a while, and it's it's vague. It's saying a while. It's not saying two weeks, three months. Some people have very hard and fast rules. Like, I will not date someone for three months. I just don't know how you can assign I, a timeline to something either. that is so sort of ethereal or no. or just it's not tangible. You can't just say... In three months, my head, heart, and vagina will all be ready (laughs) to move on. And my gut says that's totally cool. Well, and then again, going back to your definition of moving on, what does that mean? Is that moving into a brand new relationship or is that just like hooking up with people? Now I'm ready to go on uh, to reactivate my match.com profile. Get a date or or just like sleep with someone else. What is that? Really horrible phrase. I know everyone. Oh, I know what you're thinking yeah. of. The the best way to get over someone yeah. is to get under someone new. Um, that's not wrong, 
it's not healthiest, but it's not wrong. <laughs> okay, but in fairness, in fairness, mm. so when we go back to the first person that really broke my heart, right, when we talk about him, that relationship ended, and I don't remember exactly how long it was before. It was a few months after that that this other person had been who we'd known each other for a long time and kind of like when your marriage ended. Yes. We had known each other for a long time. Um, and he reached out at a time when I was vulnerable from that breakup and starting to think about, I can't just sit here and be lonely all the time. And we started dating. That relationship ended because it was just never meant to be. And I dated other people after that. And some of those were short term, Mm -hmm. much more physical relationships. There you go. Um, but yet at no time could I ever have said that I was over the person that broke my heart. I, yeah. I still, my, you know, my vagina was, <laughs> and, and even my head yeah. were getting some validation. They were doing their thing, but my heart really, truly never got over him for quite a long time. It took a yeah. long time. And then it finally happened. I finally had to reach a place of, I, I'm not going to ever get the closure that I need, so I just have to forgive. And when I did that, mm. it was an it was a action, Aww. and it was sort of that moment of revelation. After that, I was able to finally move on um, in whatever that looks like. Well, and so again, like, is moving on a physical act or is it an emotional one? Because I feel like you physically moved on. You I dated other people. You slept times, with other yeah. people. But emotionally you had not moved on. And so if you have if if okay. So here's how I'm thinking. <laughs> if your head, heart, vagina, and gut are not <laughs> all in a line if, if any part of those four things if any bit oh. of that is still stuck on yes, someone else, and yes. then you're not really moved on. If your vagina is stuck on someone else, then you truly have not moved on. If you're, if your head, heart, and gut are like, okay, we need to move to someone new, but your vagina's like, but, 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 he's really good at this thing. Well, but I mean, that's always going to be a thing. Like, there are always people. There are always going to be those people. Like, you, you've probably had those people. Don't make that face. You probably have those people that maybe your head and heart and gut were like, yeah, no. And your vagina's like, oh, but they were so, but that doesn't mean that they're the people for you. (laughs) But then what happens then is I think your head and your (laughs) vagina have a serious talk. And they go, okay, look, Uh, I get, so the brain's over here going mm -hmm. to the vagina, look, I get, I get what you're saying. And so we're going to make a decision that if you're going to do this, then then we're going to put heart into like a sensory deprivation chamber, right? So that heart can't get hurt while Mm -hmm. vagina's getting hers, right? Right, right. So, okay. So there, there, it's possible to have just that. Well, that's a whole, another whole thing, and we've talked about that. If if your head and your heart have truly moved on, then okay, and your guts guts over there going, I mean, that's not the worst idea, right? Like your gut will tell you if it's a terrible idea or not. Mm-hmm. If your gut's not saying anything, and your head and your heart are okay, <laughs> and they've moved on, and the vagina's just doing what she mm-hmm. needs to do, mm-hmm. like I feel like that's okay. So. Remember all, our old friend Bustle.com? I love Bustle. Uh, I know. How's and we, Bustle we, doing? You know what? Bustle is, is 
She gives you a shout out. She says, hey, girl. Yeah. Alive and kicking over there. We have not talked to Bustle for a while. Bustle.com, I, I found a great article um, talking about when is the best time to start dating again after a breakup. And there are several suggestions, but just a couple. And I think this is actually like a really good suggestion. Here's a good sign that you're ready. When you've learned something about yourself. So it's saying there's no specific timeline. Like, and this is what you were saying. There's no specific timeline. You can't say you have to wait this long before moving on. But it is really important if you truly want to emotionally move on after a breakup, and that's what we're talking about, I think. It's really important that you have given yourself however long you need to work through any anger, sadness, or any sort of lingering feelings that you have about that breakup. So I feel like that's what you were saying about this the first guy first guy and and in particular it's so weird because I have so many wonderful friends who are so supportive and I don't think many of them understood right that's hard that I hadn't been able to do what you just described right like getting through those feelings like dealing with them getting over like I would get and I'd get a little drunk and then I would have the um drunk girl moments where I would get all teary and cry over it and and that's okay I think some of my friends were probably internally if not externally rolling their eyes at oh my god really it's been this long you only dated for that long how are you not over this yet because some people touch you more deeply that's why exactly he touched you very deeply it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not just in a sexual I'm, way, but yeah. That too. But no, like, it's not about the length of time you were with someone. It's about... The intensity of the and relationship where they, and the where connection. where they take you emotionally, I yeah. think. And he and you, like, had this intense emotional connection. So it's going to take you a lot longer to deal with those feelings. It did take me a lot longer. And, you know, it's just... It, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting thing, but you also do... Or at least, I don't know what you do, but for <laughs> me, I often worry, I'm getting better about this, but I often worry about other people's impressions too. Really? And so it, that was a, I had hangups about that. Like, well, everyone thinks I should just be over this by now, but I'm just not. And what's wrong with me? And you, you know what I mean? Like, I probably should have gotten therapy. <laughs> that would have been helpful. Yeah. I think I just don't care. Like other people's opinions and feelings about my feelings. I'm like, and maybe that's just because my entire life, well, young adult life was all about like, Dion, you're too much, you're too much. And I just got to a point where I'm like, eh, no, I'm not too much. And I will take however long I need and I will do whatever I need to do. And so I, I don't worry too much about those things. I'm like, that's not your life. It's my life. <laughs> so right. your feelings well, about my life aren't and at the end of the day of consequence to me what someone else thinks about how I should or shouldn't feel no. doesn't change how I actually, actually feel, feel. Right. right so I just yeah and so this this article is basically saying if you can you know it it doesn't it's not about the length of time it takes it's about what are you learning from this and so this I think this is kind of a I don't know it's a common sense or but it makes sense to me it says this person's like you know what if you figured out a couple of lessons, like what you want in the next relationship, what you don't want in the next re- like, okay, then you're, you know, maybe you're ready to move on. So that's kind of like, take time to really reflect on that relationship, reflect on what it meant to you, reflect on any feelings you have around the breakup mm-hmm. and maybe what you can learn from it. So that might take you 
two weeks. It might take you six months. Well, and it's interesting because I'm, you know, looking at this Psychology Today article, and we talked about this before, but one of the things, one of the points that they make is similar, which is making peace with the past. So, so I guess that's the same way. It's a different way yeah. of, it's same, different look different at the same it, yeah. thing, a different angle, but basically, um, it's okay to be angry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay, but don't hold on to it for too long. Learning to forgive, which obviously was the key to unlocking my um, situation with that first one. Um, and know that it's okay to still love them, which I think, it, I love this What this oh, one that's sentence. Cool. Love is never wrong. <gasps> oh. Which I just love. So, and um, love can change forms. So when someone comes into your life that allows you to experience love, yeah, that is always a gift. So appreciate it. It was never wrong. It doesn't, and then love yourself more. Right, is what it says. And it doesn't mean that you have to continue to be in love with that person, but you don't have to hate them. And I and I feel like that's where most people our age have grown a little bit. Do you remember back in high school or college or whatever, you date someone and then you'd break up and you're like, I hate them. They're jerks. They're assholes. Like, I just remember just being very angry about breakups. And I'm now I'm like, that person wasn't right for me. Well, maturity, okay. right? We're, but she, yeah. You but know. you can, but you don't have to still, like, I guess what I'm saying is it's not an option of like, well, I don't love them. Now I hate them. Now I wish them ill. You can just be like, didn't work out. I still love them. Like, I mean, I still love the people that I was married to in a different way. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. want the best for them. I hope they're well. Um, I, I'm not in love with them, but I still love them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Love is never wrong. Love is, that's what I'm saying. But the, the, the follow-up to that is love yourself more, which I like yeah. that. It's never wrong to love someone. Right. And honestly, I think when you do that, and again, we have the benefit of perspective mm. from some experience mm. and just some maturity, mm-hmm. right? But I think when you, when you're our age and you look at someone, and we talked about this in a previous episode recently, where the person that, you know, when, when someone, when someone puts down a person you recently broke up with, Ugh, yeah. it's kind of comes off as you're, you're kind of trashing my choices and my, right. my judgment right. and, and whatever. And who I am. And it's the <laughs> same, it's, it's the same thing. If you go to a place of hatred, unless that person really did you wrong, right? Like if they did something very specific to hurt you, that was not good. It's okay to hate that. But if, if it was just a relationship that came to its own end and you start saying awful things about that person, right. then you're basically saying, I have shit judgment. I should never, like, yeah, that's not a healthy thing, I don't think. So I feel like sometimes I err on the other side. Like sometimes I'm too loyal. Um, like my, my second ex-husband, that's still weird for me to say. <laughs> yeah. So the second one, um, he, you know, from all, I guess if I was more objective, I would say he was kind of an asshole. He was kind of a dick and he treated me pretty badly at the end. And I remember so many of my friends, my girlfriends were, my family, my mom, my sister, like the women in my life were very protective and they saw what was going on and they even friends that I had that weren't like my closest inner circle but they knew him and they knew me 
I remember one of my my sweet friends said to me, I will kick his ass for you. Like, and it was the sweetest thing. And like people were very angry on my behalf about some of the shit that went down that he, that he pulled. And I remember at the time just being like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, and I just had this really philosophical view of like, you know, we're just going our separate ways and our paths of, and our journeys together's ended. And I was hurt, but I, for some reason I couldn't let myself get angry at him. And there are times like now, what, eight years later that I get angry, seven years later that I get angry. But I never really got angry. I never really hated him. And I, I still don't know what that was about. <laughs> well, and it's, it's funny. One of the things, the other thing that, that was in this article is to let go of the fantasy, right? Yeah. And so I, and, yeah. I think when you can do that, you can, you know, when you're not fantasizing or romanticizing a person yeah. or a relationship that you had at the end, you can look at it maybe more pragmatically and go, hmm. this was maybe not the right relationship. And here are the reasons why. Well, and it's funny because I think that I still kind of like, you know how you said that there are moments when you still kind of question or second guess, like whether you should have stayed with your husband because of your kids. I have moments where I still, I get a, I get like a little, I don't know, like a twinge in my heart Mm -hmm. because I still miss aspects of that relationship. Sure. You married the man for a reason. I know, but I don't miss the first one. At all. But the second one, there was something, like, we just had such a deep emotional connection that I really haven't found since. And so I feel like there are times when I still romanticize that relationship. And I forget what a dick he actually was to me. Not just at the end, but, like, actually all the way through. (laughs) But I also feel like he loved me the best he could, and somehow I cling on to, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But, um... So it was actually harder for me to move on from him. It was a lot harder. And I did. But there are times when I wonder if I'm really ever going to be over that. And I wonder if if that's not just something that we have to make peace with. That at some level, the people who really impact our hearts and our lives and make a difference in who we are, if we're always, if those relationships end, if we're always just going to miss them, yeah. At some level. And I think I've just acquiesced to that. And maybe part <laughs> of moving on is making peace with that and saying, I'm always going to have a little, yeah. yeah. Know, torch isn't the right word, but I'm always going to miss something about this person. Right. And it's, it's funny because I don't think it's him as like, it's not him. It's how he made me feel. It's the feeling. Yes. And you can make yourself crazy, I think, yes. trying to chase that same feeling yeah. with someone <laughs> else. Right? Like, yeah. Because... Because everyone's so different. I've done that. And they bring different gifts to the table. I've done that. And I think maybe that's why it's hard right after a breakup to try and date someone new because you want to recapture the feeling (laughs) that you had with the other person. And that's not fair because you're talking about new people and they'll give you new different feelings. And some of them might be the same, but some of them might be different. And And they have new gifts to offer you. Maybe moving on is just openness. I don't know. Well, and this is, I like this one from Bustle. They said, you're ready to to date someone new if you can envision a different future. So I feel like oh. we, we build these, these fantasies, like you were saying, around the person we're with. We start envisioning, well, 
here's what we're going to do. Here's how our future is going to look. Here's, here's. You start writing your, your your first name with their last name on your peachy. (laughs) And then. Yes. You're like, and we're going to name our babies this and this and this. And we're going to have these cars and we're going to live in this house. Yeah. But even today, right? We still do that with our 40 something version of that. And so this article says, you know, if you can start getting to the point after a breakup where you can think about the future and that person's not in it, then you're in a really good space. If you can think about your future, if you can visualize your future... Without that person. Without that person. Whether it's something that you had, you know, a a vacation you've planned or you're going to buy a house or, you know, whatever is going to be going on, if you can envision doing that either by yourself or with someone else or, you know, whatever, then that's a good sign that you're ready to move on. Okay. So I kind of like that I like that. You know? Um, So this person, she's a psychotherapist, and she said, the end of a relationship is a grieving process. And we've talked about that. Yeah. It's a grieving process. She says, a crucial part of the process is reorienting yourself to a life without that person. And it's funny because I, I think back on what I was saying about, like, when I broke up with my person last year and I would try to envision my future and it was, I never got to the point where I envisioned it without him. And I sometimes wonder if you do that. Well, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to sidestep that question just a little bit. So what's funny is at the end of my marriage, Mm. we went and saw a couple's counselor and the counselor that we saw, we only saw him one time. Mm-hmm. He said, he, you know, we came in together and he goes, okay, I want to talk to each of you separately because I want to see where each of you are mm-hmm. and then we'll come back together. So, okay. okay. So I think I went first and, and he's like, he said, I, people are either in one of, th- they're in one of three places at, at this point in a marriage. They're one of three places. They're either in a, I want to fix this and I want to stay together. I don't know what I want. Or... I know I want out. Oh, wow. And he said, I need to know where each of you are on this, and you're not going to be honest about that in front of each other. So he's wow. like, I need you to tell me where you are on this mm. thing. And so he and I talked about that a little bit. And what I realized at that moment is that when I looked at, pictured my future, right, it was this big, black, like, dark, completely blank canvas in a way. Right, not a white canvas because I don't know, but just I saw myself sort of standing, looking out into this unknown abyss, and the only thing I knew about it was that this he husband of mine was not in, in it. it. That was the only thing I knew oh, about what came geez. next was that it it didn't involve wow. him. Did you tell the counselor that? Yeah, and, and unfortunately, like, okay. my my husband had a different answer, and so that was where we when we got back together. That was that to have that conversation was a little brutal because we were in different places, but well, that's interesting, but it was really eye opening and it was such a visual thing. I can still visualize it. Wow. Like if you imagine yourself standing at the end of a road or the start of a road even, and you're looking ahead and you see the future. I didn't know what I saw, but I knew it wasn't there. That's crazy. So that to me was like, okay, I'm moving on, right? Like I'm moving on. Yeah. So well, that, yeah. I, I mean, you didn't need to know anymore after that. So how did you guys, I mean, I'm sure it was a long drawn out process, but like, how, did the counselor be, did he bring you back together and say, so 
looks like your visions for the future are completely different. He said, he basically said, this isn't going to work because because in order for it to work, you need (laughs) both parties to either be a one or a two. And he said, you know, Jackie, you're a three. He's also, he's also, guys, one of you does not want this to continue. Any guesses who doesn't? Your husband's like, is it me? Oh, no, it's not me. Yeah. So, and, you know, that was a really hard thing to admit. And I was glad I had a counselor because I was not good. I'm not good at those hard conversations. And so I wouldn't have had that conversation without that counselor. And that's, and. Like, I feel like you and I were at the same place where once you know that window's closed, I, that's the almost the worst part. That because was then it. you the have to decide what to do. And, you, and, and just because the door do is closed doesn't mean I stopped caring about him. I, I really, know, really wanted us to stay friends. <laughs> he couldn't handle that. And Neither I, could mine. And I get that. I get right. that being on this side of other relationships where someone <laughs> wanted to right. end it and... And I'm glad we've stayed friends, but it's not easy. I remember my ex, the first one that I left him, I remember we were chatting on, not chatting, we were talking on the phone about financial stuff. And this was like a year later. I mean, I'd already fully moved on. And I said, well, um, so I hope that we can stay friends. And I really did, because I really cared about him. And he said... Yeah, I don't think I'll ever talk to you again as long as I live. Ouch. <laughs> that was literally the last time I talked Which, to him. Which good for him because he probably needed that to move on. I guess. He probably needed that to I move guess. on. I that was not going to be an option for yeah, either well, of us because right, the kids, children, but right. um and it, I had hoped we would stay friends and he like immediately yeah. like blocked me on yeah. social media and I'm like, "Oh, okay, so friends isn't mm-hmm. going to happen, right?" Yeah. So it's fine. So yeah. So this this is one final thought I will leave you with the Bustle article. They said, and I thought this was pretty cool. They said, you know you're ready to move on or date again when you're 75% over it. Which I love because they're not saying you have to be 100% over it. And that's, I think that's the trap I've fallen into. I've been like, well, I'm not over this person. I'm not over this person. And basically they're like, look, there's no way to know when you're, when you're over it or how long it's going to take. But if you can just be honest with yourself and be like, I'm not 100% over it, but I'm enough over it that I can put myself out there emotionally with someone new. You hmm. look a little skeptical. No, no, that's, I'm sorry, that's my resting oh, sorry, that's stupid your, face. No, like my, no. But it's it's me processing it. It's taking yeah. the information that you're sharing and thinking about so how it's, does it's that apply saying, in my life? If you are 100%, well, if you are even 75% over them, it's you're ready to date. If you're not, and I thought, I'm like, okay, that's kind of realistic. I mean, maybe 50. <laughs> it's hard to quantify it something hard, like that, though. Like, and I think it's a little bit facetious. But right. it's basically no, I get like it. you don't have to be 100% over them. You don't have to say, oh, yeah, this is – oh, yeah, who? Who are you talking about? I don't care. Like, Because we're not – I don't know. I, I don't ever want to feel that I way about someone I ever cared like, about. Right. I don't want to ever right. not care about a person that I once loved or cared about. Yeah. And it's also talking about like – you know you're ready when you're not comparing everybody to your ex. But again, I don't think that's necessarily realistic because like you were saying, I think there's, oh, like in every relationship, and we've talked about this, it's like there's always something about that person that 
you can still say that you appreciate or that maybe you miss a little bit or if you could just take a composite of all these people you've been with, like make the perfect person. <laughs> but I mean, comparison is so hard. I know. But it's also hard not to do it. It's hard not to do it. When you have, when you have dated someone or you've, you've known someone or been with someone who is a great person, mm. it's hard not, and maybe comparison isn't the right thing, but I think every time you have a relationship with someone who is a genuinely good person, mm-hmm. The bar gets set somewhere. Yes. And that bar goes up. Right. And in whether that bar, I don't think it's fair to call that bar the person, but to say, these are now my standards. This is what I want in my... I will not accept less than this because I had this and I know how much I appreciated this and I will not accept less than this. Now, whatever this is, it it can come in different forms, Mm -hmm. but I, I think... Comparison is a hard word because I think if you just look at it as I've raised my bar mm-hmm. and my standards are different. Mm-hmm. And if you compare people against what your new standards are, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily comparing them against the, the person. person. Right. Well, and I think the problem comes when you have a person on a pedestal and you're like, oh my gosh, nobody's ever going to treat me like this person. Right. Like Mike is the best. No one's ever, never going to find anyone as good as Mike. And it's not Mike. It's how did Mike make you feel? What were the things he did that showed you how much he cared? The so actions, that's, the behaviors, the, actions, the feelings. Right. Yeah. The feel, so that's the bar you're talking about. Exactly. And that's not a bad thing. It's, it's an important it's, thing. It's a really good thing. And I think if you talk to the people who have known me since I got divorced and started dating, mm. that bar was maybe like on the floor oh, at shit. the beginning because <laughs> I just needed to date, right? <laughs> and they would say, some of them might say that the bar was below the floor. Oh, like, wow. and And so my bar has gradually risen high, gotten higher. Mm. And I think that is a reflection of I have better self-respect now. I have better self-esteem, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, and a better... You're not going to accept crap. You're, you want someone who treats you the way you deserve to be treated. So the bar goes up and yeah. nothing below the bar is going to pass. Right. Yeah. Right. No limbo, people. Go above right. the bar. <laughs> above the bar. Okay. Takeaways, my friend. Takeaways. Okay. So I guess I would say when it comes to moving on, um, as with most things in dating, it can be very ethereal. It can be very vague. It varies from person to person. But I think something that I appreciate about this conversation is kind of seeing how, like you, know, like you were saying, with each successive relationship, you learn more about yourself. Mm-hmm. You learn more about um, what works for you and doesn't work for you. And you're not willing to accept less than you deserve. So when you get to a point after a breakup when you're like, hey, I deserve this. I, des- I, know, what, I know what works for me. I know what I deserve. And I've processed whatever residual feelings I have around this past relationship. Um, and what else? What was that whole thing? Yeah, the feelings, the feelings. And oh, and learn lessons. Then I'm ready to move on, whatever that means to you. So that could be physically or emotionally. Head, heart, vagina, gut. Whatever it all that means needs to, to you, It yeah. all needs to, they all need to at least be having a conversation <laughs> with each other. I look but at it, it lately, like the, I, I've used this expression lately. I'm like, my gut has been having some very hard conversations with my heart and my vagina lately. Oh. And my brain is up there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. 
Okay. But I, you know, I think you're right. If, if everyone can be at least in the same conversation, yeah. then in somewhat of a, you know, you're, you're maybe in the place to process things and, yeah. and move on. Um, and moving, moving on, on is fucking hard. What? Moving on is fucking hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And I don't think that, you know, one of the things that we talked about earlier is no one else gets to decide what moving on looks like yes. for you. I think that's key. Because, again, it's so subjective. It varies from person to person. It varies from experience to experience. For sure. So you have to have the self-awareness to process what you need to process. And it's your decision. You do you, do you boo. <laughs> right back at you. All right. So yeah. next time... Dion, we have a, a really awesome guest who will be with us, someone I've known for a while in law mm-hmm. enforcement, and we are going to be talking about dating and safety, keeping yourself safe in an online dating environment and just out in the practical the world <laughs> where shit happens. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So yeah. that will be coming up. Um, but this has been a fun yeah. conversation. Yeah. Hey, Beatheads, please hit that subscribe button or the follow button wherever you happen to catch our podcast, whether it's Apple or Stitcher or Spotify or any of the gazillion other places that are on our toxic, not toxic, that's not the word, <laughs> but our, um, no, it's our attention getting cards, which we're going to keep, toxic is the wrong word, but I just feel bad about the Phil and Sarah situation. Oh that had to have been the scariest moment in Phil's life. Oh, and then he couldn't remember. He couldn't, and I'm Phil. like a little hurt that he couldn't remember mm. me. So I, part of me takes just the smallest amount of satisfaction in the fact that he had to struggle for a minute. Mm. Um, but yeah, please do follow us and share the podcast with your social network. It, it helps us grow. We'd love to have 56 countries before <laughs> our next podcast. Yeah. And we just were yeah. at over... 8,000 downloads I'm now. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. This has just been amazing. We have so much more to talk about with you guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks and for listening and sharing and being awesome. Yes. And Dion, yeah. goodbye to you. Wow. It's the name of the song. Not like goodbye wow. in a relationship way, but like in a goodbye for the night. Goodbye so I can go pack and go goodbye on Goodbye to you. Okay. All Bye right. Guys. That was me singing, right? <laughs> Bye. Bye.